BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Extreme fire conditions are wreaking havoc across Northern California this morning as wildfires have forced thousands to evacuate their homes. Cap Radio's Scott Rod joins me now from the Gold Country Fairgrounds in Placer County. Good morning to you, Scott. Good morning, Lily. Joining us from the site of the most recent Cal Fire press briefing, give us the latest on you know the big fires that we're tracking are the River Fire, which started yesterday, and the Dixie Fire. Bring us up to date. So the River Fire, we just got an update on its size and containment. It grew about by a thousand acres overnight to 2,400 acres. It's still at zero percent containment. Uh, it's still pretty early on. It's still very fluid with this fire. And on the Dixie Fire, that grew by about 50,000 acres overnight to 320,000 acres. And that makes it the sixth largest fire in California history. And it's worth noting that this is still early in the fire season. It's only August. That's a really good point, Scott. And I know that hearing that it's grown by that much and is now the sixth largest fire has got to shock a lot of people who are hearing this. What are fire conditions looking like today and into tonight? Well, here in Placer in Nevada counties, it's going to be sunny and warm uh, with winds coming out of the southwest. So, you know, those are uh, critical fire weather conditions. Um, We have a red flag warning that will last until uh, this evening. So it's going to be challenging out there for crews, uh, certainly in terms of the weather, but also the rugged terrain out here. And I know you just landed in Placer County. Where are you planning to spend your day? I plan to go into the evacuation zone, so around Colfax and uh, the area uh, that is of most concern, it sounds like, for fire crews is on the north and northwest side. That's where the fire has been uh, pretty active, and it's also where there are a lot of homes. And it's worth noting that as of right now, about 50 structures have been damaged or destroyed. That's very fluid. It's still very early on, so they're surveying the damage still. So I'm sure that number will uh, continue to increase as they try to contain the fire. Scott Rod from near Colfax. It's about an hour's drive west of Lake Tahoe. Scott, please stay safe and thank you for your reporting today. I will. Thanks for having me on. More now on the Dixie Fire burning in Plumas and Butte counties, where crews will continue to face challenging weather conditions today. Ryan Walbrun is with the National Weather Service. Another absolutely critical date. First and foremost, we're under the red flag conditions. Uh, for those of you who've been here, you can feel this morning. It's a little bit drier, a little bit breezier. That's why we kind of call it a dry cold front. Walburn says one of the big concerns today is shifting winds throughout the day and into the evening hours. Here's fire behavior analyst John Cook describing what's in store for fire crews. For today, you know, you got low fuels. 
Uh, the ones are going to be at 2 percent, so critically dry on the fine fuels, uh, very high winds. All the indices are above 97 percentile. Everything's lining up against us again today. The fire will run. The fire will spot. The fire will get out where, you, where you're working on it. Just be prepared for it and, and act accordingly. Yesterday, the Dixie Fire tore through the town of Greenville, destroying several businesses and homes there. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Turning to politics, four candidates vying to replace Governor Gavin Newsom sparred in a debate on Wednesday night in Orange County. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarati has more. Assemblyman Kevin Kiley said if the recall is successful, a winning Republican would have to move fast before facing re-election next year. Whoever wins this race is going to have one year to offer a viable alternative and set our state on a new course before the next election. All four candidates admitted they'd need the help of a Democratic legislature to govern. But businessman John Cox said, But if I don't get that help, I'm going to go in the districts and try to get people elected who will fix the problems of this state. Debate moderators asked how candidates would respond to a spike in coronavirus cases that's driven largely by unvaccinated residents. Only former San Diego Mayor Kevin Faulkner offered a direct plea to get vaccinated. Vaccinations is how we get our way out of this. The four Republicans spent most of the night bashing Newsom, but largely avoiding confronting each other. Former Sacramento Congressman Doug Osi was the most aggressive. He said his experience as a rice farmer makes him uniquely qualified to deal with the state's water management. Water is not theoretical to me. These fellows, they know the story. They don't know the reality. The quartet on stage represent just a fraction of the 46 candidates that will appear on the ballot. Talk show host Larry Elder, who leads most early polling of replacement candidates, opted for a fundraiser in Bakersfield instead of the debate. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati. The federal receiver in charge of medical care inside California's prisons is asking a judge to require that all correction staff get COVID-19 vaccinations. The California Report's Angela Corral has more. Saying the risk is grave due to the highly contagious Delta variant, receiver Jay Clark Kelso says only 40% of corrections officers in the state are vaccinated, and that rate is lower at some facilities. In court documents, Kelso notes that guards and other staff are the main causes of COVID inside prisons. 
A recent outbreak at a prison in Tuolumne County has infected more than 100 people incarcerated there. It was reportedly caused by staff exposure. Since the pandemic began, nearly 50,000 people behind bars in the state's prisons have had COVID. More than 230 have died. For the California Report, I'm Angela Corral. And finally this morning, in Orange County, the Board of Education has voted to sue Governor Newsom over the state mandate that K-12 students wear masks indoors for the upcoming school year. Gregory Rowland is legal counsel for the board. The governor and his executive agencies, by emergency fiat that violates state constitutional and statutory law, threaten to extend and compound the harm to California's children previously caused by prior school closures and unwarranted masking requirements. The board says the mask mandate lacks, quote, sound medical or scientific basis, even though the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics have both recommended that everyone wear masks at school regardless of vaccination status. A pair of parent groups filed a similar lawsuit last week in San Diego County. We're going to go to Los Angeles now, where breakthrough COVID cases are on the rise among the vaccinated. Just a tiny number of vaccinated people get sick enough for the hospital, but some won't even know they have COVID. But as KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports, some people who thought they did everything right are still getting sick. In early July, Jenny and Mike McCarg stood in line with their two teenage daughters for the Peter Pan ride at Disneyland. It was their first big outing in months. They were excited to spend a few days at the park, but seeing thousands of people without masks was jarring. Mike even said that first day, the probability of people walking in the park that had COVID and from there that had the actual Delta variant. They wore masks on the trip, but the night they drove home, Jenny felt ill. Then a couple of days later, I really was noticing I couldn't smell and taste. She opened a jar of garlic to see if she could smell it. She said, I think I can smell this. And it almost knocked me over on the other side of the room. And I said, uh, I'm going to go get us COVID tests right now. Despite being fully vaccinated, both Mike and Jenny tested positive for COVID-19. I did start crying because it was like... We did everything right. Weeks later, their younger daughter tested positive. And now what we have to be in another kind of forced lockdown, you know, just when we had this little bit of freedom. As the Delta variant has become more prevalent, infections among fully vaccinated residents are rising. In March, vaccinated people accounted for just 2% of all infections in L.A. County. Now, about a quarter of new COVID cases in L.A. are among people who have already been vaccinated. But very few of them get sick enough to go to the hospital. The real issue is that we don't know the transmission rate, but we do know it's happening. Eric Topol is a molecular medicine professor at Scripps Research. He says Delta is simply more dangerous. It has a shorter incubation period of just four days, making people contagious sooner. And it tends to produce even more virus inside people's bodies. That means some vaccinated people will transmit the virus to others. You know, obviously it's going to be low because most people vaccinated are not going to get infected. And even those who do get infected, a lot of them are going to be asymptomatic and only detected through testing. Topol says it's impossible to predict exactly how Delta will behave in the future. But watching other countries like India gives us some clues. Delta virus outbreaks tend to last 10 to 12 weeks. We have to face that it. it's going to be circulating for, for several weeks. And during that time, wearing a mask indoors, especially, is important. 
California's statewide mask mandate was scrapped in June when cases were low. That's when millions of people, including Nina Storm, headed out to newly reopened restaurants and comedy clubs. A few weeks later, she tested positive. What I've gone through is basically like having a bad flu, which isn't the end of the world as much as it's not been fun. She's recovering and has never doubted her decision to get vaccinated. Absolutely stand by it 100%. Had I not been vaccinated, it could be much worse, much longer, much more extreme, much scarier. Only a tiny fraction of vaccinated people end up in the hospital due to COVID, but some people do have more serious cases. A few days after they got back from Disneyland, Jenny McCarg convinced her husband Mike to go to the ER. He was having trouble breathing. By that evening, he was like, yeah, I think it's best for me to go. Mike was eager to check out as soon as his blood oxygen improved. It's taken a few weeks, but his cough and constant fatigue are slowly getting better. But now he has other worries. Yeah, I'm terrified of when the bell comes. You're literally saying, like, do I want potentially life-saving medical intervention at the cost of truly debilitating medical debt? It's a terrible situation. Under federal law, health insurance companies are not required to cover the full cost of COVID treatment. During the height of the pandemic, some insurers chose not to charge COVID patients. But now, some companies are quietly changing back to business as usual, leaving even fully vaccinated people to wonder, if I get COVID, how much will it cost? For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. And that is The California Report for this Thursday, August 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Support for The California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash Adapting Care. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dirfatah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. 
Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.